Good news, everybody here. Pexin with the Legends. We are your hosts from the gamer editing team. My name is Eric, and this week I'm a freaking paintball assassin. Spitfire, baby. I gotcha. Uh, I am Lumbago, but you can also call me Whitney, and I am just hanging out. I haven't been able to play quite as much just because of my situation down here in Florida, but I am very excited to co-opt my niece's husband's PC and play so much Apex Legends next week. And I'm Andrew, or Finn, or whatever you want to call me, really. <laughs> and let me tell you what, I've been playing a lot of Apex recently, and I've been dying a lot. So I'm trying to grind my skills back into shape before Season 6 drops. Let's go. Speaking of Season 6, uh, as predicted, we have two new trailers that came out this past week for us to talk about today. So I think what would be best is if we just get right into it. The first one is a new Stories from the Outland that for some reason I always want to call Tales from the Outland. I don't know why. Uh, and it is focused on our newest character, Rampart. So let's give that a watch. Well, I gotta hand it to you. You sure do know how to make a fine piece of hardware. <laughs> Not only that, I think she may even be a better shot than you. Well, I reckon we'll never find out. Unless... Fancy a go, Anita? Every time, you're just too bad, Pete. <laughs> uh, sorry, mate. All closed down for the night. Ah, what a lovely pleasure. I usually don't do a gauntlet round twice in one day, but your eyes are just screaming desperation. Uh don't even think about it. <sighs> right. Everyone got the clean knickers on? I know he does. Huh? Get her! <laughs> Where's big sister? Hmm? Okay, cool. So uh, there's a lot going on there, uh, obviously. I think a good place to start is actually at the end uh, because we have our reintroduction of Blisk. And uh, Blisk, as we've talked about before, is the antagonist of Titanfall 2, the creator of the Apex games, and until this point was MIA or otherwise just sort of out of the story. Uh, but here he is 
recruiting Rampart into the game. So I'm curious, uh, just from a lore perspective, Winnie, what do you make of that? You know, one of the things they talked about for a really long time is whether Bliss would end up being a playable character eventually. Um, and I feel like this shows me that probably not. Like, this person is still in charge of the games. Like, they're still the one recruiting who comes in. Mm. Now, why has he come back at this moment in time? These are the pieces of the puzzle that we're still putting together. He's been, you know, again, whether you want to say hiding or on the run or just, you know, mysteriously disappeared. Um, but it is a cool dynamic to finally see him, you know, a year and a half into Apex Legends and multiple years since Titanfall. Um, and bringing on this person who, you know, and, and you have to remember, Bliss was the antagonist in Titanfall 2, but this person would presumably have some sort of, like, affinity or friendship with Rampart. So now if you sort of see the storyline developing and it is, like, a sort of who's with Blisk and who's against Blisk, we now see that he probably has an ally here, you know? So it really, really be interesting to see. We also put together Ash at the end of last season. Right. Um, so, or this this current season, technically, I guess. But uh, it will also be interesting to see how this is all coming together full circle after, you know, everybody understood that this is a game that takes place in the Titanfall universe, but we haven't actually seen a lot of overlap between Titanfall and Apex until this moment. Right, well, until very recently, and a lot of it. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the relationship there is interesting to me. Andrew, did you take it as... Blisk knows Rampart. I, to me, it, it suggests that he knew of Rampart. Okay, but the fact that they did that cool handshake, you know, and she didn't say anything, maybe they did know each other. It's really hard for me to tell. Yeah, when we look at the different factions that run the game and and all the companies and people that sort of have their hands in it, we see a lot of, uh, for instance, like Hammond, the way that uh, Hammond tries to use the legends to further their agendas. And I wonder if that's the same thing here, if somehow Blisk is using Rampart in the games as some kind of a power play the way that, that the other factions do. Um, that'll be interesting to see unfold. And yeah, and I'm, I'm more than his relationship with Rampart. I'm curious about Blisk's relationship with Hammond and the other in the syndicate and the other sort of factions that we're dealing with. Mm. Um, so, in this trailer, we have uh, her, Rampart's workshop. Uh, there's two legends there. Bangalore's there. And who else was there? Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Yeah. And it's, it was clear to me that Bangalore was friends with Rampart. Do we know where that's, what city that was? Where were they? They Ooh, were at Mirage's bar, I think, because they were drinking Wits Whiskey. Well, maybe I not. think that's, that's her workshop. Through, yeah, they were yeah, in a that's workshop. Her... Yeah. I'm sorry. That that's her workshop, but uh I feel like I mean again, you can ship stuff internationally, but it has something to do with that. I don't know. I was just fascinated by the Wits whiskey. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. um there's something with Mirage, because his real name is, you know, Wit Elliot Wit. So that's how we sort of understand we know that he's a bartender. So there's something I don't know. No, I it looks about universe. They're on the same planet, right? It looked Probably. like it would have been the same planet where Mirage's bar is. Yeah, and for some, I'm that. sure that we know where that is, but I can't think of it of when we've been told where that exists. Um, but then we have uh, a group of just random thugs that show up to confront Rampart. They're not social distancing. Only one of them is wearing a mask. 
<laughs> and that's a really interesting line there. Yeah. Um, he says, are you wearing clean knickers? Well, I know you are uh, to the guy. Or says something like that. And now my question is, what? Is that an ex-boyfriend, an ex-husband? <laughs> like, what's going on? Oh, here? I didn't pick up on that at all. He yeah, was like I... a weird line out of nowhere, right? So... Um, <laughs> anyway, that's why he makes that face. He's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I remember when she says, oh, I thought I had gotten enough of you in the whatever the fight club is, but I'm I'm ready to go for another round. So I guess we're supposed to assume that they're that this these thugs have a bone to pick with her over the the fight club some some sort of right. fight club these backstory are, as far as i know we haven't seen any of these characters before now from a lore perspective if you're going deep 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 into it people may have picked up on the fact that these might be uh people who've already been referenced in the past but the sort of rampart situation is very interesting because this character sort of came to us out of nowhere and now we're introducing a sort of backstory that also feels out of nowhere except it involves bliss which is not out of nowhere uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this might be one of these stories that we're going to sort of be writing backward throughout the course of the season. Right. To sort of get a little bit more on her background and why, you know, why, why she's in these fight clubs in the first place and all that kind of stuff. Right. I got that sense, too. Yeah. And um, we, we saw her gun again. But I think more importantly, there's this wall of guns behind her. And it's the only thing in the whole uh scene that's lit everything else is in shadows and in dim lighting except for this wall of guns behind her that's in this bright light it's really attention grabbing and i haven't analyzed what's there or seen anybody else but i wonder if there's clues there about uh about maybe some upcoming weapons because none of them were immediately recognizable as as apex guns but maybe those are titanfall guns um, well, and we have to remember that, you know, part of her goal here is to introduce, like, this whole crafting mechanic. So yeah. we don't really understand. And we've learned a little bit about that, and I'm sure we'll go into that in the gameplay trailer. But um, but we don't really know how that functions or what the sort of outputs of that are really going to be. So, you know, we may be looking at modded weapons, or we may be looking at weapons that, um, you know, are a specialty for what other ever other reason, you know? But I feel like since it is our workspace and workstation, they're either, you know, relics or something that we will see in the future. I, I don't know. Yeah. Or they'll never bring it up again, and that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> something Andrew said about um, the way she sort of, like, took the invitation and shook his hand without saying anything. Um, it made me think, like, do people in this world just wait for their invitation? And it's like... When you get invited to the games, there's no question. You're just like, I'm, it's like I'm a, going. A Willy Wonka golden ticket, you know? Yeah, it's getting into this murder bars game. Like are the equivalent of thugs. You know, you just got to <laughs> beat up enough thugs. Did she kill those thugs, by the way? <laughs> to me, it looked like she killed them all besides for the uh, girl who knocked her out, right? I think so. It looked yeah. like she was killing them, like flat out murder. Well, she was unloading a chain gun on them. Yeah. So, so that that might kill them. Yeah, those are pretty killing <laughs> moves. It's confusing in, in this world because no one is. really dies. I all well, yeah, that's true too. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever ever get an explanation for that. I wouldn't blame them for not giving one because, like, it's just a game, you know. It's yeah, like, that's how you make it have fun. But at the same time, I I wasn't even 
I'm I'm still thinking about those thugs because do we even know they're not in like cahoots with Blisk? Because Blisk, you know, he does stuff like recruiting mercenaries and what have you. I wouldn't be surprised if this was some sort of test. That's almost the impression I got. But mm. maybe I know actually nothing and I'm missing some pretty important stuff. Right now. No, I think that's just as likely. And I think that obviously burning down her shop, it gives her a reason to... You know, she's got nothing left, so why not just mm-hmm. go join the games? There's an element of that too. But it's such a short scene. There's only so much conjecture mm-hmm. we can pull out of it. Um, was there anything else, Winnie? Did you pick up on any details that I missed? Yeah. Like, you know, I think she says something like, Who's the sister or where's the sister? And then there was Big that, sister. Creep, that being mm-hmm. or something with the eye that like looked very like ominous. And I have so many questions because like I feel like they're not in stories that they write, um, they they don't they don't they haven't really introduced characters for no reason and recently we've met a few that seem a little more no reason like whoever Loba's friend was that looked like Ninja um, and then you know <laughs> so who are these folks uh, and how do they tie into the story yeah but I don't feel like I don't feel like they would give us a glimpse of that character if we weren't going to see them again in some way shape or form mm. right. Um, it, it could be, you know, it could be random bad guy. We could be Scooby-Doo and it's a new episode starting next week or whatever. But um, I think more likely all of these characters sort of have some role and we may just end up having to like, again, like I said, write the story backward. I Yeah, I like that because uh, as we'll get into with the next trailer, you know, we pretty much we have confirmation now that we're not getting a hunt this season. Um, so if we're going to continue on with a narrative thread, it would be cool to continue to get these, these rampart backstories. And yeah, like you're saying, if the story gets unfolded in reverse to lead us back to the beginning of this and have it all connect and make sense, that would be kind of a cool way to keep the story going through the season without needing something integrated in the game to do it. You know, maybe a series of these short, uh, stories from the islands throughout the season could do that. And I, maybe this is obvious, but of course it would make the very first trailer that plays in reverse make sense. That's right. Theme. That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. That would be a cool theme for the season. I feel like a lot of times we uh, we come up with ideas for this game that don't really go anywhere, but <laughs> but this <laughs> is cool alternate universe. Yeah, you know? <laughs> this is the what if Apex podcast. Um. Okay. Cool. Uh. Well, that was fun, but the the big big deal what we're all really here to talk about is the season six trailer so let's watch that grab your mash ramparts in town it's not about how hard you fall it's not even about getting back up legends just a name legacy comes from the mark you leave. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> yeah. My life was never the same. My family... Set and shield, you'll be all right. I came to party. This the fight of my life. This the time of my life. You're in my house now. Yeah! Yeehaw! Gotta get back up and fight! The hunt begins. 
struggle, I'm ready to rumble. I look in the mirror, I see my opponent up on the ropes of a cut, taking blow blows and shutouts is swollen. They struggle to open. Conscious is spoken, I know that I'm chosen. The fight is not over. You would be in the shadows. Materials here. Very well. <laughs> Remarkable. I've got you, old man. Damn it, I'm in trouble. Everyone dies! It's party time! <laughs> you think I'm afraid of you? Something big is on the horizon. And remember, I'll be watching. Uh, dang, wow. So much. I've watched that. I That's the third time I've seen it, and I still saw new stuff, uh, as we always do with these season trailers, right? There's a lot of details to pick up on. I want to start with Rampart, uh, since that's where we what we were talking about anyway. And uh, so as we expected, we have uh, at least two abilities, which seems to be a tactical and an alt. And she can drop walls. She can drop more than one wall, it looked like. At one point, we saw two walls up. So maybe that's a thing where she can stack charges of it. I'm not sure. Um, I think I saw three at one point. You saw maybe three? I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you, can, maybe you can make up, put yourself in a box. You know, stack three of them next to each other or something, or um, I don't know. I kind of, but I kind of expect it to be charges uh, uh, rather than. I mean, it'll be on a cooldown like every tactical, but it seems like um, you know, sort of. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else's tactical that can do that that has multiple charges. Oh, the gas, right? Yeah. How you stack like three charges of the gas? So maybe it's like that, Andrew. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't put too much thought into how like many she could potentially put up or how the cooldown will work. Uh, I'm more mystified as to what her passive could be because mm-hmm. to me it's obvious the the big gun Sheila is her ultimate. Those portable shields that you can shoot out of but they can't shoot in. Those are her tacticals. We know we know she can do multiple of them, but I have no guess as to her passive ability. No, oh, wait, uh, it has something to do with the crafting. I thought maybe, maybe not though, right? But she doesn't, yeah. I was, I was wondering if you were insinuating the crafting stuff had to do with her abilities, but that, that's definitely like just a new feature on the map, kind of like the charge station, yeah. But, but which st- I can talk about later, story wise, though. I, I see Whitney's point that because of who she because yeah, she is mm-hmm. the tinkerer person, that maybe her passive has something to do with those crafting stations yeah that that actually i am 100 in line with that in my head i was thinking well maybe when she opens one of those danny boy canisters she gets like a certain percentage more crafting yeah, material she than can or maybe she collects double more. crafting materials or whatever yeah. yeah exactly um yeah so let's talk about the alt then sheila um there were a couple things that stood out to me i really like that you actually climb up on the gun you know, we've seen mounted turrets in, gun, in games a million times. But I like that it has footstools and you actually get on it. And it made me... I know this... It doesn't seem like this is what it is. But it made, made it seem like maybe you could ride it. 
like maybe you could strafe around on it oh, since, so since you're actually like on, on the gun yeah uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like like that's what it, it doesn't seem like a moving gun but i do like the way you climb up on it i also like that uh we it confirms that anybody can can use it i don't know if that means the other team can um but we saw gibraltar using one um and i think we also saw multiple deployed at the same time just like the wall right didn't we see more than one out or am i crazy uh maybe you're crazy but i could have just missed it if there are multiple i didn't notice that personally but I saw it online and like other people thought that too, but then people who looked more closely said, no, 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 just one turret, but there are multiple barricades or whatever. Got it. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know what to think of that yet. Honestly, I, when, when I see, uh, abilities that make you stand still or put you in one place, I'm usually kind of resistant to that because I like things that, Force fights, force more aggressive okay, play. Fellow who main Loba last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like moving more than I like uh, setting up a trap or you know taking a position. But um, but yeah, what do you what do you guys think? What do you guys think about a big old turret that you just drop somewhere and just unload with? I just caught a glance that it has 150 ammo, which is whoa. Like, <laughs> even if it's, like, sprawling rapid-fire ammo, like I saw, like, in one of the scenes. And it may even have more, but, like, that's what we're looking at at least. So, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And Sir Dell, actually, of uh, the EU competitive scene, uh, his quote that cracked me up was, imagine standing still and shooting. <laughs> <laughs> so he shares a similar sentiment in that, uh, in this game, movement is so big. It's so big. Like, the best players are the ones who honestly can just move incredibly well. Of course, aim is a thing, but uh, I know I get frustrated the most when a player who has an incredible strafe and good aim uh, kills me. Uh, somebody standing still, no matter what the firepower is, you know, that, to me, screams, uh, this isn't going to be practical against players who are good. Uh, right. Especially with such a wide... A variety of ranged weapons in the game. Right. So it depends on how it's implemented, I suppose, and maybe how just directly powerful it is. But I, I have my reservations. Like, I'm not going to get my hopes up uh, as Rampart, as a uh, competitive player. To me, her utility really comes down to those those mobile barricades. But we'll see. Yeah. I think that when we look at other uh legends ultimates very few of them are about dealing direct damage um and i think that maybe if we look at sheila as uh as a zoning or a suppressing fire to let your teammates take better positions rather than uh you know something to to wipe a team with that maybe it does make more sense than than we can tell you know until we actually get to play it um but I feel as though there's no way I'm going to mount that gun unless I have a wall up in front of me. Mm-hmm. And if I need to blow all of her cooldowns for one play, I don't know. I don't know about that. Because she doesn't seem to have any sort of mobility unless, mm-hmm. unless that's baked into her passive. And then every time I want to use the gun, I also need to put up a wall or I'm just standing there waiting to get killed. So, you know, may, maybe this is just, like, maybe they're just really leaning into team play and setting up 
setting up strategic plays and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how powerful she can be with with those abilities right now. You you bring up a really interesting point actually because a lot of legends seem to have uh, opposite effects as they would seem on on the surface level. Like for instance, many thought Watson was bad for the meta because she encouraged camping because she has defensive abilities. However, it was really the opposite case because when teams started putting down her ultimate and charging their shields for free, they started taking way more risks in the late game and there was way more mid, mid-range firefights. It made the meta incredibly aggressive and interesting, which not a lot of people, even to this day, understand about Watson. With Sheila, uh, the big gun, and Rampart, you what you were talking about with the team play-oriented thing, Respawn could be genius in this and that she is designed for team play, even in competitive meta, because a lot of this is really territorial. Maybe pairing her up with Watson, where you and and like a Pathfinder, where you rotate really, really early, and there's only a choke or two to cover. You leave Rampart there, and plus she doesn't have to carry extra ammo for a secondary gun if she's going to be using that. If it's if the weapon lasts, and she can just haul a ton of grenades, which are incredibly valuable late game, she could actually. Now I'm I'm second guessing everything. Yeah. Wow. Because we, I think at first we were approaching this from like a team fight perspective, but I think that when you picture a choke and you picture a wall up and somebody standing on Sheila behind it, they just close that choke. You're not getting through. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? So, uh, yeah, for, for zoning people out and for taking territory, I, I think it could be incredibly strong. I, I just think that's all she can do and maybe that's fine. Well, and if you think about that, but then you pair that sort of mechanic with a Pathfinder or a Wraith who has like a sort of ultimate ability that can sort of also help you maneuver a little bit, it could be actually very smart, right? Just Mm -hmm. imagine like sort of setting up the barricade area, um, taking shots and just blocking people out and making it at least harder to pass through and then immediately jumping down and phasing to a better defensive position, you know, a better position. Um, and then being able to sort of really play with that dynamic a fair amount. Right. Um, I think that that could be, and that's actually really what I want to see is like the creative interlocking strategies, um, which, you know, we're seeing more and more of like, how does Bloodhound work with, um, you know, Bangalore? And then now we're seeing, and you know, as we go on and on, we sort of see how these characters can sort of, um, help each other in smart ways. Right. And I like right. to sort of see people getting even more creative with like how they can sort of use the team dynamic really effectively. Yeah. I'm really seeing her in a tank role, like a Gibraltar really like drawing fire towards her position and towards those barricades and, and towards Sheila, because it's such a big threat that uh, it, it's, it really draws aggro from the other teams and gives your, uh, other teammates the opportunity to heal or to reposition or you know whatever to push the fight because um, when i see that gun out i mean it's going to be like all eyes on, on sheila right like like whoever's on that gun has got to go down first um yeah it, it's it's interesting i mean i'm excited about it i think it'll be cool and it seems like it it is the kind of thing that could really shake things up um but we'll have to see that's kind of all i th- my only thoughts about that so far. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that recaps it really well. I'm really excited because as we've just shown, like there's so many ways it can play out and it really depends on those fine details yeah, and player behavior too. So uh, just seeing how players come up with solutions against her or how creative they get implementing her abilities 
it's it's all gonna reveal itself probably you know quite soon yeah yeah um boy we've got a lot of topics so um let's talk about let's talk about crafting uh Mm -hmm. because we threw out a lot of ideas for that last week and we were totally wrong (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, it it looks like crafting is essentially just a store. It's just a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I didn't pick up on yet, maybe you guys saw this, but how do you get the crafting materials? I yes. So there are. This is actually I didn't get the very first time I watched it, but they showed two different stations. In fact, it, it looked like there was one station where you run up to and like activate it, and then laptops come out of it, right? wrong all right that's how it kind of appeared yeah or at least maybe it was just me no that's what i thought but those were two separate stations uh it was really misleading by how they did it in the presented it in the trailer one of them is called it's nicknamed there's like spray paint on it but it's called like danny boy the danny boy and the only reason i knew that i realized is because there's some voice line but essentially these are what look to be um not always in the same place uh areas where you can secure crafting materials so what you do is you activate it it drains it and you acquire uh crafting materials from this device okay and you can see that it's coming out of the ground or something like that like it's it's got some drill mechanic uh the second station man i've already forgot the name a fabricator it's not a fabricator i don't think i think it Um, was i think it was something it was something fabricator yes very if not fabricator a word that's very similar to it uh and that is the separate shop, which I believe will be fixed locations around the map that okay. you can use to spend those credits. And inside the menu, well, that we can talk about it in a second, so I don't go on too yeah, long. But there, there's some more stuff revealed too. So, are the Danny Boys? Do you think those are drops? Like, uh, like uh, uh, initially, r- yeah, I was like, those are going to probably be sky drops. And sky then when drops, I saw them yeah. on the ground, they looked like more like drills. So I'm like, could they come up from under the ground? Oh, that would be really cool. I, I honestly have no clue. They could even be fixed, but that would be really, in my opinion, poor design. Yeah. Because it, that would be boring. But, uh, and by the way, to, to correct myself, they're called uh, replicators, not oh, fabricators. Okay. Replicators is what, what the stores are called. Okay. Concern oh. is, does this new mechanic really like is it like a big nerf to loba right because this is a character that's supposed to be all about loot and now we have this thing where you can seemingly craft your own loot you still have to search a little for it right but you still have to search as loba as well at least a little bit you know um so i've been curious about how that interplay is going to work i mean if there's this other way to do this like why would you ever choose loba if you knew where these beacons were or whatever they are uh and can just randomly you know, craft whatever weapon you want anyway. Yeah, I think I I think that is a good point. Um, not that Loba has the best pick rate anyway uh, right mm-hmm. now, but this, yeah, it definitely does devalue her if this makes loot easier to come by. Um, I want to talk about what's in the replicator because it looked like uh, there's a there's a dial wheel and then there's three categories. You've got daily, weekly, and permanent. Uh, purchases right so one will be for the whole season those will be like three or four things that will always be there in the same positions one will rotate uh, one category will rotate every day and one will rotate every week and i think that is really cool because of how quickly you will be able to access the replicators and make your purchases once you know what it is you want and what you're looking for i think that's 
an awesome way to do that because it keeps me out of menus. And that's like my number one thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you said, so you, you put it a funny way. You said we were uh, speculating about how they're going to implement this with a lot of fears and like this and that, and we were wrong about everything, but I, it's almost like we were wrong in all the best ways. Because to me, (laughs) this is such a cool creative application of craft materials that doesn't really get in the way that much. And like you said, I really hope that um, I even hope that, there's, you know, kind of like charge stations, there's scattered stores or uh, replicators across the map. And I would love it if even the permanent ones were permanent to each specific replicator. So mm. every menu wasn't the same, but it was specific to that exact device in that location on the map. Uh, that would be kind of cool. It, so would, there's, it would change the traffic through the map if those permanent ones were powerful enough, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you... I have two questions about the replicator right now. Do you foresee yourselves counting your crafting materials and deciding what purchases you're going to make and then pushing to areas in the map to get specific items? Or are you just going to access these things when you path by them and buy whatever you can afford? I mean, I just do whatever my randoms do. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the only answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Go Go ahead, Whitney. I was just going to compare them to the vaults. Like, (laughs) to me, it's a matter of convenience and, like, need. But for the most part, uh, yeah, it just depends on game to game, I think. Uh, And I started to say this, but, like, uh, you know, how they they introduced the charging stations on World's Edge. I'm sorry, on King's Canyon. And, um... You know, at first, it's just like, oh, is this going to be a thing that makes certain teams extra powerful and stuff like that? And it really didn't change the vibe of the game much for me. It didn't seem like teams that landed there were overpowered or anything like that. Um, And I think it's, like, smart the way the vaults have worked in the past. Uh, And I think that, you know, as long as this is a thing that, like, doesn't totally interrupt the gameplay mechanic at its core as we know it, um, then it is cool to have something different, right? Yeah. Uh, but my concern would just be like, you know, oh, now everybody goes to this one little area and it's just such a headache because nobody wants to land anywhere else. Now you have the um, entire game being played on one side of the map. And I, I don't think it's going to be like that because I think that they're really actively trying to avoid that. But it's still a little stressful to think about. <laughs> That's an interesting thing you brought up, and this might be like a totally separate topic we'll need to dig into a different time. But when we look at all of the recent additions, um, like the charge stations uh, and the mobile respawn beacons, these are really low impact uh, additions to the game. Like you said, the charging stations don't really seem to change anything, and I agree with you. Uh, I've never used a mobile respawn beacon in a game, I don't know <laughs> anyone that has. Uh, you used it on one time dude we were gonna be like seven oh it was a heroic mission i'll send you the video okay but i did use it in the game and i respawned my two teammates and one of them made it all the way to second place yeah <laughs> okay well i'm not saying they're useless i'm just saying they're they're low impact Mostly on useless. the game <laughs> and but what it does do is uh increases the complexity and readability of the game because now and i'm sure this is something that Respawn is really focused on, but these are things that a new player has to learn every time they add one of these things, right? If you're coming into the game, it's a it's much different than it was a year ago because now you need to know what a bunker is and what a key is and how those work together. You need to know what, how to use a recharge station and that three people, you, you know, your whole team, if they're close enough. 
and you need to know what the mobile respawn beacon is and how to play like there's all this stuff and now we have this whole new crafting system on top of that and i just wonder if the crafting station has a similar type of impact that that you know the bunkers and the recharge stations and the mobile respawn beacons do if it's just more complicated stuff that doesn't really change the game mm-hmm. and if you know is that a good thing like i'm excited to see what it is but if it's whoa you're right you, you get shocked <laughs> no i just like uh i literally uh couldn't tell if that was like in my headphones or i was like shocked <laughs> it, it looked like you got hit when it happened everything's okay okay it's off <laughs> i didn't know my speakers were on oh okay i think one of the cables just like shorted straight up Uh-oh. that is a horrific noise i'm so sorry i think we should leave that in the <laughs> podcast though and just <laughs> alienate anybody listening with that foghorn sound <laughs> that was like christopher nolan's foghorn but on steroids i'm so sorry all right i'm leaving it in yeah, that's um, a definitely good call. Yeah, but maybe maybe that's too much to like get into right now. But that's sort of what I'm wondering if like if it's better to have low impact things every season that make the game more complicated, or or not. I mean, obviously we need new things. We always have to have new things. You have people who want to go back to preseason one. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to find anything that's going to make everybody really happy. But I think that new mechanics and stuff, even from a marketing perspective, give the creators new things to talk about. Even yeah. if they talk about how much they hate them, they're still freaking playing the game, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, Finn, do you have the crafting <laughs> station pulled up? I wanted to ask about something I saw in there. Can you see the like dial wheel the on menu? it? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so in the top left, it looks like it's like an Evo shield, but it has like a symbol next to it. What do you think that is? You know, what's funny is I was looking at that, and I didn't even question it. I was like, yeah, it's an Evo shield. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, you're absolutely right. There is something completely different about this Evo shield. Um, do you think it maybe looks- charges your Evo shield up one, one level or something? Ooh, I think you're right. Yeah, because it is it. It looks like it might be a little bit cheaper than the other stuff, right? Is it cheaper? Uh, no, it's more expensive than even the devotion. It's more so, expensive wow. than the devotion. Only cheaper than the respawn beacon, which is fifty. It's forty-five. The charged armor. So I think that is what it is. I think you just nailed it. To me, that's what the symbol indicates because it's it's got like pierced. A piercing bullet looking thing like it hit the armor and yeah. then an arrow pointing at it which okay. you need to get so I, do you yeah, think it charges know. yours or like what if you don't have one you just can't buy that Maybe? probably yeah that, that's just a theory but yeah uh what else uh, is in there there's a there's you said there's a devotion which is normally in the in the drop sky drop so maybe it, it it's coming out Yes, I think we believe that the devotion is now on the world loot tables again. Okay. Much to many people's joy. There's also turbocharger uh, in the same replicator. Awesome. So it looks like devotion's returning in its former glorious form, which I'm oh, okay with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't it. know where I, I got the theory, but I think they're like putting the R9 in the crate. And, what I heard too. And the vault yeah. is probably going to replace it effectively as a uh smg that shoots rapidly you know i we'll see but i i'm excited i'm okay with all of these things but anyways just a quick rundown of the replicators items that they give us an example of is just a devotion that looks like it's not going to have any attachments on it mm-hmm. 
a purple sniper heavy mag, a turbocharger, a mobile respawn beacon, a purple res sh- or sorry, a knockdown shield, med kit, shotgun ammo, and then perhaps a Evo armor charge. So a complete smattering of random just items. just everything. Yeah, uh, I don't love there being ammo in there, just from yeah. a value standpoint. Um, but I think it will be interesting to see if we ever get replicators that have like a full loadout. Like if you can afford mm. it, you can buy a gun and all the upgrades for it. Um, that'll be interesting. But yeah, right now it just looks like a bunch of random stuff. Like you wouldn't use all of that stuff for the same build for sure. Definitely not. Um, That'd be the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is because it's, it's not a store, it's a crafter. We're using these parts to create this stuff. It makes me believe that there's no item limit that I could craft the devotion and so could my teammates and anyone else that comes up on this thing. It's not like mm-hmm. you, it's not like it'll sell out. So, right. so that does add a lot of value. Cause if there's, you know, a purple heavy mag in there and we can all get it, you know, mm. um, that could be, that, that could make it a point of interest that's worth, you know, pathing towards, mm-hmm. uh, uh, agreed. It's interesting. I mean, it's. I love the implementation already. It seems like it's very unobtrusive. I don't know if there's going to end up being fights over it, but um, I yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll definitely have to see. I have a lot of questions about it. Um. Okay. Let's talk about the Volt. Uh, new SMG energy. Uh, here's my question. Does it have two firing speeds? Or was that like an effect for the trailer where it was like slow for the beat of the music and then later we saw it shooting fast like an R99? Because I mean, multiple... A lot of the guns, yeah, have different firing speeds, so it is possible. I hadn't noticed that. Um, I wasn't paying attention to that specifically. But it would not surprise me, although it would be the first time we've seen this on... No, you can single shot the Havoc. Never mind. Yes, never mind. You can single shot the Havoc. I was going and... to say it's the first time we've seen it on an energy weapon, but I, that would be wrong. That was not correct. Yeah. And then... Um, and then, well, you need the hop-up for the, uh, the other SMG. Sorry, I'm slipping. The, the heavy SMG has two firing modes. The burst fire and the full auto. Uh, the wait, the prowler, the prowler, the prowler. The prowler? Yeah. yeah. So, I maybe this vault has two fire modes too, but throughout the trailer, they're firing it like bop, 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 bop multiple times with the beat of the music. But then, I, la- I'm trying to scrub through and find that right now because I don't remember seeing single shot that you're talking not, about. Not single shot, just like a slow rapid fire and then a very fast one. Because mm. all, all throughout the beginning of the trailer, it's like bop, 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 bop. And then towards the end, it's like an R99. Wait, are you talking? I think, okay. I think what you're referencing is this scene because I just heard it and it sounded like what you're talking about. Where it's actually a scout like, that they're holding with an incredibly modern skin on it. But that is Ooh. a scout. It, oh. It's just it, the crazy skin. It's like a nut skin. Oh, that wasn't White, the vault. It looks like futuristic, but it's a scout. Everyone's uh, all about that skin. I so see. Talking about yeah. it on the Reddit's. <laughs> got it it honestly does look like a new weapon so that's easy mm-hmm. to see if if that's what you're talking about so which I think okay it is. okay so the only time in the trailer we see the vault is after they say new weapon and then show it being fired 
Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, they don't really give it a lot of screen time. I'm disappointed. I was really hoping to see a lot of the vault in the. I for some reason I thought that was all the vault through the whole trailer, just because I didn't recognize that skin. I guess. There. Yeah. So there's one. I just kind of scrubbed through it again. There's one section essentially that shows the vault. And there is a section of the music that goes like, duh, 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 but it's not like the firing of the gun. Okay. Uh, when they first show it, and then it shows it firing. I, I think it's going to have one speed, at least okay. to me, I think it's just a little coincidental. And then the one earlier was the scout that was skinned, really. It's the new skin they're showing off. Got scouts. it. Got it. Uh, okay. So then I guess the big question is, and we obviously we can't answer this, but if the R99 is going away, essentially, will the Volt be able to replace it and fill the same role, or are we going to kind of get off of SMGs this season? And if we are going to get off SMGs, what are we going to be using? I mean, the one big thing to remember about um, the energy weapons general is that they're powerful, but the handling is, like, more challenging, right? So I do think that, what you know, an SMG, it's an energy SMG, uh, it will be nice to have a rapid fire, um, but it will probably do more damage per bullet than something like the R9, but it will also be harder to handle. And I think, you know, everybody loves the R99, but, like, if you don't, you know, have the right attachments for it, it's really kind of a weak gun, right? Um, it's it's obviously very strong, but, like, without the extended mag, without the stabilizer and stuff like that, it can be a really hard weapon to use. Mm -hmm. And because these energy weapons historically have not taken a lot of attachments, uh, we may not see a barrel mod on it, right? right? So now you just have a you know one that defaults in to whatever it defaults in and can be a harder weapon to handle in gameplay. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so it's a trade-off, right? Yeah. Stronger, but harder to handle. Um, and there's no attachment scope that are really going to fix that unless, you know, it takes a turbocharger or something. So Well, with the devotion coming out, though, I think it's conceivable that we will be getting more attachments for energy now that we'll have maybe four energy weapons play depends what they do with the l-star mm -hmm. um, but yeah if we have four energy weapons on the we could see there being a need for either more attachment slots or new hop-ups or yeah. yeah i mean it's like a little bit concerned because i mean to me the best weapons in the game are like day one weapons like the devotion has always been a great gun. um a little hard to handle, but I was playing on controller at first, too, but it was much, much easier um, once I started playing mouse and keyboard. And then there's the, uh, and also it was a care package weapon, so they did buff it a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, the R99 has been since day one. Wingman's been since day one. So I've historically been underwhelmed by a lot of the new additions to the game sure. in terms of weapons. So I'm I'm on the fence, and it's hard. It's got to be hard to introduce the weapon uh, without it disrupting the balance entirely. So, I mean, the Mastiff is an okay gun, but is it better than the Peacekeeper? No. Like, right? So. Well, taking the R99 out is going to disrupt the balance entirely, 100%, regardless of what the Volt can do. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, I assumed that it was going to be the care package weapon. Am I yeah. wrong? No, no, no. It will be the care package. But yeah, but that's what I mean. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, I gotcha. Andrew, any thoughts on the Volt that we didn't see much of it? Yeah, I just kind of echoing some of the same stuff. Just like to me, the three S tier weapons, uh, which are completely arguable, but I would argue that to the end of the, the earth be the wingman mastiff and the nine nine. 
uh, and they're taking one out, right? So it's kind of nuts, just like when the Peacekeeper came out, but there was a very clear replacement for it in the Mastiff. However, with the R99, this Volt, yes, is an SMG too, but we really just don't know like what it's going to be like at all. Uh, if the handling is like too rough, it could end up being like a Havoc, which is going to, it's going to still be a powerful weapon. That's very good, but only in the right hands and in certain situations and ranges, it could be even better than the nine, nine, in which case everyone will need to have one at all times, because if it's better than the nine, nine, like it's going to be the, like the best practical weapon for anything. That's not a long range fight. Uh, that's what, that's the impression I get. Cause I see it and it's firing fast. And I'm like, energy can only hit for so little. It's designed to be powerful. Right. It would be really weird to have an energy weapon that its shots hit for less than the 9.9. Like, it, to me, it just seems like a slower, harder to handle, more powerful, uh, like, version of the 9.9. So in an ideal world, it does sort of replace it. I get the feeling it looks like it will, so I'm hopeful. But if not, yeah, there, you're going to see a lot of weird changes to the meta and how players behave and you know what guns they tend to use i don't it's hard to say yeah hopeful though super hard to say um okay so there's kind of two more topics in there one was just new battle pass and we saw a quick rotation of a couple of the skins we got still no cohesive theme we get good themes with the events but as far as the battle passes go it's just like a bunch of whatever stuff you know at least for the blue and purple skins. so it seems like that's gonna continue personally i wish that there was something that made season six that gave it a stronger theme like it has a title we have like the paint aesthetic that i really liked but then when i look at the skins it, they're not like graffiti style or I, I i assume there will be stuff like that in there but there that theme doesn't seem to carry through for the entire battle pass as far as i could tell i completely agree with you it's weird it's the theme is called boosted which is what i'd expect because there's a rocket but there's like almost nothing that insinuates any space or astronaut theme. Yeah. It's almost like going with this more graffiti aesthetic, like you're saying, which they're like kind of doing, but also kind of not. Like yeah. when, when it cycles through Mirage, who is holding a gun and like every second it changes the weapon to another skin from the season. They're just like the most random. It's just skin. whatever. It's just, it's just like, here's some new skins that have almost no theme, which you could argue that's kind of the point of graffiti. You know, it's really loose and colorful and vivid and, and, uh, you know, uh, versatile, but okay. Nobody know. here made you an art critic, Finn. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm all of a sudden a turtleneck with wine. Like, <laughs> um, did they show us what those hollow feeties were supposed to be? No, I know what they called them. But yeah, it's very weird, right? Like, why I don't know. They not show us what the graffiti, the hollow graffiti. Why wasn't that in there? Something? Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. I'm not crazy. I mean, right. it seems like a cool, fun, new thing that could have been in the gameplay trailer. So. I'm mad now. Yeah, wait. I'm mad. Yay! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dude, wait. So, does that insinuate that the bullets we just got are the hollow graffiti? And no, that's all there is I don't think so. Are you sure? I... Oh... I... That may be all there is to the it. The hop up that's just for the Spitfire that shoots paint rounds that nobody mentioned, like it yeah. just sort of came out of nowhere. Listen, I'm setting myself up for the worst case. And we're no, you're right. They said season six, right? Season six explicitly will be getting hollow graffiti sprays, hollow sprays, and they'll have to be on the battle pass. 
And I think we nailed what they're going to be too. Like it's got to be like an equipable spray you can do in the. It's got to be. That's what a spray. Like, everyone knows what a spray is. That's what a spray is. It can't be anything else. Uh, man, hopefully they know that. <laughs> I know, but why didn't we see it? Like I know, I don't. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're they're purposefully withholding features so that it's it's even better when we get into the game. But right. <laughs> and which to me, okay. Yeah. Hot take. This trailer to me was not as strong as other trailers. No. I thought it was like a lot. Like whenever, ba- for me, what did it when ba- was whenever they gave Bangalore another like finisher with like some line like, wrap it up, ladies, you know? And it's, yeah. it was like, it's, I swear every single trailer is at Bangalore walking up to somebody and like saying some line and finishing them off. It's like, it was just like, <laughs> it was just like they cut and pasted some of the most stereotypical montage stuff. But I really like all the map changes, so I was really back and forth. I was like, oh, all these map changes are cool, but the trailer itself, I didn't, like, like we're kind of getting to, I didn't think it showcased what they could have showcased as well as they could have showcased it. I mean, I just, like, remember that, like, song where it's, and there's only one king, and there's only one crown. And then, like, I remember that, and then Shroud, when he made his little comeback video, was that song, and it still re-inspired that amazing <laughs> feeling all over again. I'm not saying I, like, hate the song or anything, but, I mean, it was just, like, that magical moment where you're, like, sitting with your mouth open, like, <gasps> and then you're just like, oh, okay, you know, and this is just, like, I mean, cool, map change, and just, I mean... Again, the map change they made to Kings Canyon, they were really fun last season, and I'm glad they keep doing that, right? Uh, yeah. I'm cool. It's cool that they're going to be trying some brand new brand new things. And they were. And I don't know if you had a chance to read the post, but like he really elaborates, um, Jason McCord really elaborates on what the map changes are. Let's talk about the um, map changes, yeah. yeah what, do you yeah. Know, what do you know? Well, we already knew there was going to be the rocket area, and that was, you know... Which is out basically. in front of Dome, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, we sort of qualifies that, like, they wanted to give that side of the map a little more gameplay anyway. Um, and I think that one of the biggest, you know, complaints about World's Edge, which feels slightly larger than King's Canyon, I don't know whether that's actually true, um, is just the sheer number of choke points. And it sounds to me like what they're trying to do is mitigate what those choke points look like by offering, like, different passageways now. Um, and then also, you know, a new mechanic, which I think is pretty cool which y'all can talk about so I don't dominate the conversation or not. I feel no, so no, no, lost no. right now. No, yeah, no, wait, what, what new yeah. mechanic? What are you talking Bring about? Yeah, the walls that are going to come up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So those, this is like a transforming zone thing, right? Mm-hmm. And are those, are, are they activated? Did Jason say that? Yes. Okay. I believe, yeah, because uh, yeah, they, they call it a mechanic. It's a new map mechanic. <laughs> um, activating a panel will start the giant blast ball to rise, creating a defensible platform and permanently fortifying the position of whichever team was lucky enough to control it first. Those are my original words. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. So we saw we saw some close-ups of it in the trailer. I couldn't really pick out what zones those were. Um, they. Do we know uh, what zones are changing specifically? Well, the the example they give on the uh, post is uh, be, it's below the bridge that leads into train station, not from um, not from Capital, but from Mirage Voyage. There's that arcing oh. train track. It's sort okay. of uh, 
bridges off that area and the lower compound next to Mirage Voyage. Interesting. Which I'm excited so. for because I hate fighting there just because the high ground, low ground dynamic there is like if you just happen to come in from low ground, low ground because the way you had to rotate, like it's such a it's such a shitty draw. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that for sure. Um, yeah, uh, and you know some of these other changes too, I think are going to be really nice in terms of it. Like it's hard to describe or like even remember exactly where they are, are but like. Um, one of the big changes is that they're taking out this train that we had so much fun on. Yeah. And also the Mirage Voyage, which is mm-hmm. 100% my favorite drop location in oh. all of the maps that have ever existed. I didn't know that. So, Mirage Voyage yeah, is goodbye? I'll send yeah. you the post. Yes. My uh, Mirage Voyage has gone Bon Voyage. No way. I did way. not notice it at first either until I saw one of these sliders, so... Um, one of these sliders shows it in the background. It's not even the focus of the post or anything they're saying, but when you slide it over, you see it disappear in the background. It's the very bottom slider of Jason McCord's post. And yeah, Mirage Voyage is no more. Wow. Okay. So you can Mirage, like yeah. what they're, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you can tell what they're trying to do is like make sure the distribution of drop zones is much more even um because and again it's just like people are going to choose where they like the like, capital is always going to be hot like um you know but school town was always hot but it seems like that's like something that even though the players seem to like it or maybe it's very polarizing to players but some players love it and some players just never want to go to those places but maybe that's what they're trying to do is to even the playing field by taking out some of the favorite drop zones um, and the train sort of serves, serves the same purpose, right? It's always been like a hot spot. And, you know, every time there's a hot spot, people are going to go there and they're going to choose to do it. But it does seem like maybe it's a distribution thing. And that's why they've made those choices. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic theory. Because when I look at all of the changes, I see interesting stuff in places that people don't tend to go. And I see, uh, you know, I'll, they sort of tear down the incentives to go to those really, really popular places. Mirage. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything to Capital despite it being popular. Instead, they buffed those other areas of the map that seemed to be more boring. Right. Well, and they did split. And they did split Capital a few few months back. So when it was already hot. So they're trying. (laughs) And and I'm glad they didn't touch Capital. I think think what they, to me, what, what your theory is, Whitney, what you were just talking about is really intelligent. I think that's pretty much what they're going for. It seems to make sense to me. And I think they executed it really well based on post that from jason mccord i i think it's i'm really excited i think it's going to create to me world's edge now looks like a map that has interest everywhere uh rather than those spots that i i really especially world's edge i'm very preferential where i where i land. like if i'm playing public matches all i want to do is land mirage voyage or capital that's pretty much it because not you could be stuck running around the whole game getting only one fight right yeah, and it looks like we've got all kinds of new ways to, to get around, new pathways, um, which is more chokes, but at least more means less places to run into other teams, right? Um, yeah. It's giving me more well, I... options for tactics, you know. To I, I think allowing players to uh, leave bad engagements is always a good thing mm-hmm. to reward intelligent teams and stuff like that. It's like... Um... 
like sort of like a war on pub stompers, right? Because what pub stompers will do, this group, and I, I have no issue with it. That's how we, you want to play. I don't really care, right? But it's very intimidating to drop with these people who will literally just get as many kills as possible. And if they get down right away, they'll just quit no matter who they're playing with, you know? Um, and I feel like that is like a bad vibe for the game. And I feel like it's it's... I don't want to say it's super frequent, but I get paired with those people. I, I feel like a lot less lately, but it does happen when you play with randoms. And it makes the game, I mean, once you're going into a 20-minute game and you're a person who decided to do something really, really aggressive and just die right away, uh, leaves, now you're totally, like, the, the odds are no longer in your favor at all, you know? Mm -hmm. You're just two on three. You could be two of the best players, and certainly Finn and I have won games as two of the best players. No, <laughs> but um, uh, when Eric's been down... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, um, I, uh, Not fired, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but certainly, you know, 2v3s, uh, two, two teams of two and even solos can win this game, but it just makes it exponentially harder, you know? Yeah, like what you're saying, I think, is it? it's really, to me having each map have its own identity and to not try and make them all serve the same purpose is totally fine. And World's Edge has always been a brilliant competitive map. It's so good for competitive, where King's Canyon is more chaotic, uh, not so predictable, it's hectic. It's kind of more suited for pubs and people who like pubs. World's Edge is, is great for in-circles, for surviving, for looting up and taking positions. And, and I think they're gearing up to make that even more the case. Because when I think about the most exciting moments in Apex, it's always in-game moments. And not just in-game moments, in-game moments where the circle is already closed and it's very small. Uh, you know, those fights that are forced a lot of good teams, good talent into the same area and seeing those fights and how players choose to, to create solutions is so fascinating. It always will be. And in pubs, you almost never get to see that. Maybe we will now with King's Edge. Uh, who knows? King's Edge. King's, King's Edge? Edge. I just well, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I just leaked it. They're combining the two <laughs> maps into one huge map. <laughs> um, let, let's, let's wrap it up because yeah. we're going pretty long today. Um, Wait, let me get this last thought in. Yeah. But I think it's cool. We talked about how disappointed you were that there's going to be another map, but they didn't introduce it. Still but I, I do think it's fun that we see our, <laughs> our, our rocket um, and that I do, <laughs> I do think that this entire season is going to build up to that trip right of course map. yeah yeah i think that uh to sum up my feelings like all this stuff is great it was all expected it's a getting a little maybe too expected as finn mentioned by the trailer that just kind of blends in with all the other trailers um i expected to go to a new map and i'm not going there so what i want is a very short season i think this <laughs> these changes are cool I'm excited about crafting and the new gun and whatever, but it's not a new map. And mm -hmm. that's what I'm waiting for. So hopefully it's a short season. The other thing I'm worried about is that we have no storytelling. We have no method of storytelling the way that we did last season. How are we going to move things forward? Are we just building a rocket? Is this an entire season of waiting for a rocket to go off? Because like thematically that's, that's going to be pretty boring. And then just the meta of knowing that we are going to, go to a new map it, it's it's gonna make it it's gonna make it a season that really drags for me if we don't have some kind of really interesting storytelling happening i think season five was so strong the the best season yet like without a doubt um and i don't think this one so far looks like it's going to be able to hit that standard mm -hmm. uh but we'll see yeah we shall see season six starts on tuesday we'll, we will be back 
sometime, uh, probably a little earlier in the week. Uh, we wanted to wait for these new trailers to come out before we did the show, and they didn't come out until today. So that's why we're recording so late. Uh, but we will be back next week to talk about the new changes, talk about the gun, talk about the new character. It's going to be a big show. Uh, so I'm excited for that, and I'll see you guys in Season 6. <laughs>